you're listening to the Taming Crazy podcast with Alicia, Deb, and Sue, where each week we'll share our views from the middle. We're talking the ups, the downs, and everything in between of being a midlife woman in today's world. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. I'm thinking I'm going to take tomorrow off, I've decided, because I don't think I can work five days a week anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that about five minutes after starting work, working five days a week. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's not good for your mental health, I don't think. No. There needs to be more balance. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I have to say, sort of, I quite liked it when I was working, like I would work a little bit of extra time every day and I would get every third Friday off. And that was quite good. I am contemplating whether or not we need to have a discussion about that. (laughs) Well, you know, when the weather gets nicer, it's pretty tough to work those five days. What are we complaining about? At least we get holidays, right? Exactly. That's true. We get paid a reasonable amount for doing something that's not that bad. Mm -hmm. Exactly. No complaint. No. We'll complain between the three of us because we can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's right. Okay, let's plunge in then. Okay. Welcome to the Taming Crazy podcast. I'm Alicia and I'm joined by the lovely Deb and Sue. Hello. 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 <laughs> oh, gosh. Anything exciting happening? I'm a little bit obsessed with Ted, Ted Lasso. I got a bit of a crush thing going on. See, I have a crush on Roy Kent. Yes. Oi. I love yes. Oi. I, I don't know why he's so attractive, but he is very attractive. <laughs> he is. I think it's that dark, broody kind of, uh, you know. Yeah. It's a lovely show, though, isn't it? Oh, it's just, yeah. Like, you just watch it and it's like, oh, there is some good in the world. Deb, are you, um, have you seen Ted Lasso? Or... No, I, I haven't got into that yet. I haven't started. Oh, it's so lovely. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's just so easy to watch. You can just go from episode to episode to episode. Have you watched The Lost Daughter? It's a movie on Netflix right now. No. It's a story about motherhood, and it centers around this midlife woman who is played by Olivia Coleman, and who doesn't love Olivia Coleman? Mm-hmm. Anyway, she plays this professor on a working holiday in Greece, and she seems so like self-assured and accomplished, but... Through her interactions with this young mother and child staying at the same place and a lot of detailed flashbacks, you realize that she's emotionally broken in so many ways. You know, you learn that she grew up in a toxic home and she ends up having an affair with someone and she ends up leaving her husband and her two young daughters. So she's this woman who kind of wants the best for her children yet she's suffocating and you can see her kind of unraveling you know she was living with this incredible guilt and shame for not being the mother she knew her kids needed yet she couldn't be that person so she chose to leave which I think is hard for many of us to really understand right I mean how do you leave your children but I know being a mother is freaking hard and exhausting and mentally draining and Who among us hasn't dreamt of running away from it all, you know, for a brief moment, right? I know I I did. (laughs) I shall check that out. It was funny, as you were talking about it, sort of, I was thinking the only other, it it just kind of, your, your initial description reminded me of Shirley Valentine, which was kind of, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know, was that the 80s? Yes, I believe it was. If if you're not from the UK, then this bit may mean absolutely nothing to you. So my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> Which again is a you know a woman coming from a, a very different background, but kind of going off somewhere and and having that time on her own and kind of getting to grips with. I think she was a mother as well, wasn't she? But it sounds mm-hmm. kind of as if there may be some similarities. You could just see the guilt and shame that she kind of wore. Mm -hmm. Yet, you know, if she was a man, it would be completely different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think motherhood and guilt go hand in hand anyway. You know, there's there's always this underlying thought of, you know, did I do enough? Did I do the right thing? But I think the older I get, the more I realize that we're all just really trying to do the right thing with the tools Mm -hmm. that we have at the time, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes we fail, but we get up and we keep going. And that's really the best anyone can do. All of us can look back and say, we should have done something different. That one time we should have done something different. But we forget about the million little things that we actually did right. Mm-hmm. And that's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. And, and kind of, you know, thinking about it as well. Here we are again with the shoulda, woulda, coulda. And, you know, we're, we're shooting all over ourselves again. It, it is easier said than done, and, and we do it all the time, but we, we've got to stop doing that. Because like you say, we did our best at the time. You know, you can only do so much. Yeah. And it's only when your kids get older that you realize that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, when you're in it, you just don't even have time to reflect, do you? You're, you're kind no. of just treading water for the most part. I mean, at least that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. You're just on to the next stage and stage, aren't you? And like we're, we've all got like a, a couple of kids with, you know, little, you know, however long the gap is between them. But kind of you, you go through one with one kid and then, you know, the next one is kind of all of a sudden it seems like they're going through exactly the same stage. And it's just you're always trying to catch yourself up. Yeah. Absolutely. This morning I tried to give some thought to what being a mother meant to me. And I don't think I ever dreamt of being a mum, to be honest. You know, I don't think there was a time when I thought about really, you know, having a family. It just sort of became the plan. And maybe it was part of the culture at the time. But, you know, we got married and then two years later we had a first son. And then two years later we had a second son. And that was that. So I really didn't dream of, you know, having a family. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I love my kids now. <laughs> but I, you know, I don't think I ever thought about being a mum until I actually was one. How about you? Yeah, I, I feel actually I, I thought about this a lot today too. And I was the same way. I didn't I don't think I grew up thinking the fairy tale life of having kids. Even when I had kids, I thought, okay, I'm having kids. Like, did I really think this <laughs> yeah. <at> <laughs> a little late um because I I realized like when my daughter was very young she's always always dreamt of having a family like it's been since she was very young and I found that quite interesting because yes I never had that myself I wasn't very maternal what does that say about us Deb (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly how about you Sue I think I always knew I would have kids at some stage or another because like I didn't have my oldest until I was 30 which at the time (laughs) 
but made me reasonably old um Mm -hmm. in fact i think i may have been called a a geriatric (laughs) 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 i remember going 30 not you know not 90 oh my god and then like by the time i had my second one i was 31 so you know i was really really geriatric then so i always kind of knew that i was going to have kids at some stage But it was kind of, it was going to be on my own terms when I felt ready to do that and when I was with the right person. And I, I was a bit of a giddy kipper for, you know, my youth. Hmm. (laughs) So I I didn't kind of settle down, settle down. I don't know whether I've settled down yet, really. But, you know, I didn't meet the person I wanted to have kids with until I was 27, I think. Yeah. And then it kind of looked for a while like we may have some kind of fertility issues. And then once we'd kind of, that kind of really cemented me knowing that I wanted to be a mum and kind of having to think, well, what happens if we can't? So yeah, it was kind of weird, really. Mm -hmm. You know, you see a lot of people who dream of having a family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even as a kid, you play happy families. And I mean, I don't think I ever did that. Deb, I know you never did. No, I did. You did. I did. Yes. Yeah, I was I was very much into my dolls and being mum. Actually, now I have to think about it. (laughs) See, there you go. So you did have that little maternal instinct right away there, Sue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but once I had kids, I was like, I'm not a stay at home mum. No, that became very apparent. I mean, I I did return to work very quickly with both my kids. But yes, I am not a very good stay at home mum. No, I found someone who was an amazing stay at home mum. And she mummed my kids while I was at work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I would like to thank the the people that kind of spent a lot of time with my kids as, you know, I was going to work and commuting and all of that stuff because they were doing what I really, really could not. Well, and I think as much as being a mum is physically tiring, it's the mental exhaustion that was the worst for me. You know, I think worrying about whether they're eating and sleeping and pooping and and then worrying about whether they're navigating life with school and friends and, you know, all the pressures that brings. And, you know, as a parent, there always just seems to be something to worry about all the time. And (laughs) I've tried to be that parent that, you know, that's carefree and doesn't give a damn about what anybody thinks. But my brain hasn't bought into that concept. And worry always seemed to be my default. I'm getting better at it. But I think as a parent, I mean, that worry can drive you insane. Yes. Or is that just me? <laughs> well, like you say, there's always something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it, it could be tiny, tiny little things. But, you know, you'd be chatting to somebody at school or a playgroup or, or whatever. And somebody would say something. It's like, my kid's not doing that. Should my kid be doing that? Why aren't they doing that? Is there something wrong? Like, what mm-hmm. am I doing wrong? Which was usual. You know, that was the usual default. What am I doing wrong? Yes. Mm-hmm. When I look back now, it's so ridiculous, isn't it? You know, I oh, yeah. I remember talking with parents and their kids were in like 
five different extracurricular activities after school and I just thought oh my god my kids are only in one like Uh oh what should I be putting them in all of these things should they be learning piano while playing hockey and and should they be in this and should be and then my husband said to me oh my god when are they going to be kids if you get them in all those things and I thought oh that's true but maybe they shouldn't be kids maybe they should be learning all this stuff I just wasn't very self-assured I guess you know, I, I always felt like I had an on and off again relationship with my mom. And I think maybe I always felt like I needed to do better, you know, than than she did. I don't know. But yeah, there was always that guilt of am I doing enough or am I enough, I guess. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that was something kind of when I was doing the, the parenting work, we would kind of talk to parents about and say, you know, when you become a parent or you learn that you're going to become a parent, you know, you, you start thinking about how you yourself were parented and, you know, your your partner, if they're, they're involved, they are also doing the same thing and thinking about how they were parented. And, you know, I don't recall us sitting down and having a conversation about how we were going to deal with things. It was just we kind of figured things out along the way. And it's a lot easier to be a parent when you're not a parent. Yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) And think about how wonderfully well you're going to do things and what amazingly wonderful, well-rounded kids you're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. And when they don't follow the baby books, like it's it's very frustrating. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yep. now, of course, you got to follow what's happening on social media. But back in my day, when my kids were very young, we followed the baby books and your kids did nothing that the baby book said they were going to do at the time the baby book said they would do it. Uh-huh. So, you know, I thought then it would be like, well, I must be doing something wrong. Boy, we're so hard on ourselves. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why we stopped using the term normal development because you know we we were kind of discussing this the the other week you know what is normal and what is normal for one kid is not normal for another so you have like these expected milestones where you anticipate based on millions of children that have gone before that they will hit these milestones at or around this time and Mm -hmm. if they don't you know some kids just need a little bit longer And some kids are going to get there a little bit faster. And then, you know, the next milestone, they may be a bit behind where, you know, other kids, are. you know, they they all kind of move around in in where they do things. And I remember it was only when my kids got to be a little bit older that I suddenly realized that it was okay to be really skeptical about the age that kids had done things. You know, the fact that they were, you know, using full sentences by the uh, age of one and things like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone likes to to do a bit of bragging about the kids. And, you know, yeah, they were out of diapers, you know, never had a a wet diaper after, you know, never wet the bed, never did this, never did that. It's like, yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because we remember the good stuff. We don't always want to remember the more, you know. That's true. Yeah. My daughter and I were talking actually last week about something that was so funny and it's so relatable to this. When she had her son and he was nine or ten months, you know, he was a he's a very quiet boy and he always has been quiet. And he was about nine or ten months, like I said, he was just sitting up and he didn't really do much. He just sat there 
you know, looked around. <laughs> she took him to the doctor and said, I think something's wrong with him. Like, he just yeah. sits up and <laughs> doesn't do much. And the doctor said, it's okay, you know, that will come. Well, six years later, when her daughter was nine months, she was like ripping the house apart. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, mom, remember when I said how I was worried about me? She's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it, the difference in them. Yeah. yeah. And that that's a really good point. Like they are so different. Yeah. Like whatever the first one does, you have no guarantee the second one's gonna do that. No. That's like right. my oldest was a dream baby. My second, had he been the first, would have been an only child. <laughs> mm-hmm. Seriously. It's amazing. <laughs> like and and like we we you know, probably shouldn't have told him that, but you know, you know the way like kids, kids ask, <laughs> "What was I like as a baby?" And it's like you were a bit of a nightmare, quite frankly. If you'd been our first child, you would have been our only child. And he's like, "Really?" And it's like, "Uh huh." <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it's like motherhood's the most natural thing in the world, but for some reason, it's also the most criticised. You know, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's from other people or self-judgment, I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. I think the majority of mums feel the pressure of not being enough for our kids. At least that's my perspective. And Deb, like you said with your daughter, like there must be something wrong because mm-hmm. your child wasn't following the books at, you know, at, at the age where mm-hmm. he was probably just the happiest little kid sitting there, not a worrying mm-hmm. the world. Yet she was worrying, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, it doesn't come naturally. Like you kind of you've got this tiny or maybe not so tiny little person. And it's like, I don't know what to do with you. (laughs) Like you, you cry, you pee, you poop. And uh, sometimes you puke. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, when do you start becoming fun? You know, when do you start talking to me when when do you start doing things and there's kind of I think that's the other thing like especially when you do go through a difficult phase with your child it's kind of oh well you know we'll be out of this stage soon we'll be out of this stage soon and people are always saying oh just enjoy it yeah mm-hmm. and it's like if you're not enjoying it don't worry too much about it you're, you're on to the next stage pretty soon my son would have had a flat head if it wasn't for this year he told me do you know you got it <laughs> you've got to switch it from side to side (laughs) I'm like really (laughs) so nothing about nothing was natural for me nothing at all I do remember that he's always laying on the one side (laughs) he's looking a little flat (laughs) quick inflate inflate my oldest was a very sick baby. He was a preemie and he was in hospital at least one week out of the month for until he was like six. And I remember, I think the first year, his lungs would fill up. He had asthma, he had croup, he had everything. And we'd have to do percussion, you know, banging on his back every day. And I remember nursing him in a rocking chair and I was absolutely sobbing. And my husband came home from work and he said, what happened? And I just said, I failed. And he goes, what? I said, you know, I must be the worst mother in the world because my kid is so sick. 
I just thought that, you know, everybody else's baby was happy and healthy and mine was so sick. So I really internalized that and thought, you know, being a young mom, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I probably did something wrong. And it took me a really, you know, long time to realize. And even the doctor said like, oh, this happens, you know, there's lots of kids like this. But I really did think that I had done something wrong. So it took, I think I was a very anxious mom for the at least the first year. But I slept at that hospital at least one week a month for six years. Wow, yeah. I never let him stay in the hospital alone. And I remember why, because my husband, we were talking one day and he, he remembers getting his tonsils out when he was very, very young. And he said that, his parents dropped him off at the hospital and, you know, that was it. He never saw them until they came and picked him up, like, I think a week later. Mm-hmm. So I made sure that I slept at the hospital right next to his bed every single night. And Sue, the last time it happened, he was 12. And I thought to myself, <laughs> he's 12. Like, should he be like old enough to spend the night? And I thought, I don't care. I'm staying on the couch right here. And I slept at the hospital that week as well. Uh-huh. Something I found quite interesting is that in 2012, Statistics Canada recorded that the number of teen pregnancies was surpassed by mums over the age of 40 for the first time in Canadian history. I thought that was really interesting because I remember, you know, when we were growing up, that the whole focus was on teen pregnancies Uh and, you know, bringing down the number. And now it's switched and more women are having kids over the age of 40. I guess there's a lot of reasons for this. People are choosing to start their careers before becoming parents. And over the past few years, the cost of housing in cities in Canada has skyrocketed. So, you know, many people feel that they can't afford to have children right now. And I also think there's more options regarding fertility treatments now. So people are being more open about having issues with with fertility. So it doesn't feel like the clock is ticking as loudly as we used to believe it did. Oh, Christ, Um, I was told the clock was ticking. (laughs) Yes. Thanks, family members, for that one. That was great. (laughs) Plus, I think we see celebrities getting pregnant in their 40s now, right? And maybe women don't feel like they're under a, a deadline like we used to feel. I mean, Sue, I can't even imagine being called a geriatric pregnancy when you're 30. I mean, no. Yeah, I mean, it it was most peculiar. And like I was a nurse in the hospital where um, I had to go for my prenatal visits. And in fact, the prenatal bit was right next to, to my ward. So I just used to make my way through the double doors and there I was. <laughs> and like, I heard somebody say it and I was like, no, I must have misheard. And it was there. It was written down. <laughs> <laughs> and I was yeah. like, I think I think I may have been in my uniform because, you know, it's probably just a quick appointment. Like, is that real? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It. I think like literally the, the cutoff was, I don't know what it was, but yeah, I, I was pretty well into it. and I remember even going you know like to the antenatal classes being one of the older ones there times have changed haven't they Uh Mm -hmm. I I can't imagine being a mum like having children in my 40s or 50s though oh god 
I could not do that. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, we were talking about it actually the other day and, you know, we, we've got a, a few friends that are on second marriages and, you know, or longer term relationships and such like. And so some of them do have kind of older kids and younger kids. And we were just mm-hmm. like, I haven't got the energy. No. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I know, I, I didn't feel as if I had that much energy with my two boys but I probably had way more than I would have now. Mm-hmm. I know after I had my daughter, I was done. My husband at that time had nothing to say. Like I was done. I went and got my tubes tied. It was, I thought to myself, if something happens between us, he can have more kids with somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I was yeah. done. Yeah. Well, I no. said two or four. I'm right. like, I'm not having an odd number of kids. And yeah. <laughs> It was just like, you know, no way, no way. We had always planned two, was it, for us. I I don't think we could mentally handle any more than two. Or and maybe that's just me speaking for him. <laughs> well, you kind of know your limits, don't you? I yeah. think so. And, I mean, in a way, we were very lucky because there's, what, 15 months between our boys, which is, is it's pretty close, really. And so literally would be out of a size of diapers and so we'd just keep it because we knew that it wasn't going to be long before the next one would need them so yeah we, we just had a constant stream of you know like going through things and then I remember when my sister got pregnant in fact any time anyone I knew got pregnant I would try to give them things yeah. <laughs> like here please take this yeah so my sister got gifted a, a ton of stuff when she had her first but you know, even like maternity clothes, there was a little group of us. We just passed things around. So every time someone got pregnant, we just passed them the bag of clothes. Mm-hmm. Well, because back in the day, Sue, pregnancy clothes were awful. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was looking at H&M were doing maternity clothes by the time I got there. Oh, yeah. It was slim pickings when I was pregnant. It was awful. <laughs> Well, I think there's there's actually one picture of me in a nurse's uniform after I kind of qualified and it's in maternity wear. And I don't know whether you've ever seen like early 2000s maternity wear for nurses. Bloody hell. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, not attractive. No, it's a tent on a pair of tents, basically. (laughs) I remember that all too well, too. Yeah, now you can get these cute little things. They don't even look like pregnancy clothes. And it's like, oh, look how cute. I'd wear that now to hide yeah, my, like, yeah. you know, my chocolate pot. Yeah, that, that would fit my, my you know, <laughs> spread nicely. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. Nice pair of maternity jeans. <laughs> yes. Well, they do look cozy. Oh, you know, they were the best. Yeah. Just hold you in the right places. Yes. My husband showed me an interesting article this morning. I think it was on CBC or something, but it said, according to Statistics Canada, one in every five working adults is nearing retirement. And the Canadian population has a larger share of people over the age of 55 than it does between the ages of 15 and 24. And the reason that this is really important is because we're currently experiencing a labour shortage here in Canada. 
And it's only going to get worse. And one of the reasons for this is that we have a declining fertility rate. It stands at the all-time low right now of 1.4 children. And I was thinking about this because it made me realize that I know an awful lot of people who are childless, whether that's by choice or circumstances, I don't know. But have you noticed the same thing? Like, have you noticed that you know a lot of people that don't have kids? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, like you say, it is, you know, some of the, some of it is through choice. Some of it is through fertility issues and it, it just became too much to carry on trying. So they, they stopped, they kind of decided that that was the decision, you know, that had been made for them and, and they were going to kind of make the carry on having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I like the fact that you can choose But really, if you look at it as a national or global-ish issue, we need people to look after us later on. Uh If fertility rates start dwindling and dwindling, I don't know where that leaves us down the road. I do think we're in a time right now where choosing not to have children isn't looked at as selfish because that's how it used to be, right? I think you were either selfish to put your own needs ahead of bringing the child into the world or... You know, there must be something wrong with you physically. Either way, there was something wrong with you if you didn't have Mm -hmm. kids. And that's changed a lot. And even choosing just to have one child rather than having multiple. I know a lot of people that just have the the one kid. And for a lot of them, that was a very, very conscious decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully things are changing for the better. You know, when it comes to having kids, I think... Affordability of childcare is a major issue. And I think mm-hmm. our government is actually looking seriously at that now for the first time. You know, when it's taking up most of your paycheck, that's a problem. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not a new thing. You know, no. it, it, it's been like that forever. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was ridiculous 20, 30 years ago. It's even more ridiculous now. Yeah. Oh, it's totally out of hand. So I'm really hoping that they they will put a cap on that because everything just keeps getting more and more expensive. And, uh-huh. you know, even if you want children, I think some people are going to just choose not to because financially they, they can't. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think, you know, hopefully, you know, as we've kind of seen attitudes change and things, hopefully some of that judgment towards other parents is kind of diminishing a little bit because you know we we do have you know social media and we can share everything you know way way more than we we need to and you know like I said before it's really easy to be a good parent when you're not actually a parent and it's kind of one of those things to be really 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 kind to yourself as a parent because there, there are people out there judging you and every little thing you do. The last person you need to be doing that is yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Deb? I mean, it's true. I think that um, social media now that, you know, these mums have social media, which can be a good thing for, you know, groups and chats and all that kind of stuff. But then, yeah, there's that flip side that, you know, people are looking perfect and the perfection. So, Mm-hmm. Our mums trying to keep up to that. So I think, you know, there's a flip side to that. But I do think there's a lot more resources now for mums. 
that yeah. wasn't available, you know, when we had kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's amazing. And I think we are so well diverse now in mental health and how it affects children and how children can get help. With us being kids, my gosh, can you imagine any of us going to counseling or therapy? That was probably unheard of. Oh, and but... God, did we need it. <laughs> Don't we know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know now kids are going and so they started young from getting that sort of help so that that's amazing that's Mm -hmm. a great sign yeah for sure I think for any mum that's struggling with this perception of being a perfect mum I mean there's no such thing the very the very fact that we're human means we're imperfect so we have to give ourselves a break even Mm -hmm. though you know, it's easier said than done, right? I mean, we're doing the best that we can. And I, I think that's a mantra I really try to keep in my head that I'm doing the best I can in the, in this moment. And I think okay. if I had if I had, had that in my mind, like raising my kids, I think it would have been easier, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I keep laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, when I look back, there were so many things that you know, at the time, were not funny. I did not find them funny at all. But, you know, I discussed them with my husband or I tell the kids about them and they're laughing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's nice, you know, that we can kind of look back and laugh and, and see the good in things rather than it being the end of the world. Yeah. We just take yeah. ourselves too seriously. Oh, way too seriously. Yeah. Good chat. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I don't know when this comes out. It's probably around Mother's Day. So have a really, really good Mother's Day. Stay safe. And until next time, bye for now. Bye. Bye. Before you go, we legally have to tell you that all the opinions and information we share on this podcast is based on our own personal experiences and should never be taken as professional advice. We may sometimes sound like we know what we're talking about, but the Taming Crazy podcast is for entertainment purposes only, so please consult with a qualified professional for any and all health advice. Thanks for listening. Bye.